buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right. Welcome to another episode, a special edition of Sales Hustle Live. Today, I've got a fantastic guest for you. We're going to be talking with Carson Hetty. Now, Carson is a best-selling author of the four-book Birth of a Salesman series and seven-time CEO President's Club winner across five sales leadership roles at AT&T and Microsoft and has been recognized as a top social seller globally. Carson, how you doing? Colin, I'm good. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks so much for joining me and thanks for uh, being willing to go live. It's always fun when we can do them live. My pleasure. I'm excited. All right. So before we jump into the good stuff, social selling, virtual selling, which kind of are the same thing now, um, give us the short version of your sales story. Sure. Um Happened all by coincidence. Um, you know, I didn't even have an intention of getting into sales. I thought I was getting a service job uh, a couple <laughs> of decades ago and turned into sales and it, it morphed over time. You know, I was talking to business folks and then I was talking to residential customers. It was very much a one call close type of an environment at the time and uh, moved up through the ranks and spent some time in some different industries, uh, telecom, advertising, internet, and then wireless and then technology um, now in healthcare. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a really interesting journey. Uh, it's been, as you, uh, you know, the, mentioned the majority of the time at AT&T and Microsoft, and uh, I've just met a lot of amazing people along the way. I had, uh, I wrote a book about 10 years ago, um, got it published the old fashioned way. And that took my career in a whole nother journey um, just because of the, uh, the ability to meet and connect with people all over the world. And so it's been really rewarding and um, currently, a senior account executive and a social selling lead at Microsoft in the healthcare division. So man, did they pull a bait and switch on you thinking that you were getting a service job, huh? Yeah, you know, I went in under the pretense. I, I knew somebody who uh, got me an interview, right? That's how it works a lot of times. And, um, you know, I went in, I interviewed for the thing. And, um, you know, I, I was uh, a little surprised, but uh, got in there. And um, it was funny because not a lot of people made it out of training, but I did. And uh, I learned really quickly that I had the ability to, to, to talk and to listen. And frankly, those were two very important skills in the sales realm. Wow. So, so how have you 
leverage social selling in in the enterprise space um, to win President's Club and, and and have the sort of accolades that you have? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and I mean, you, you said this at the onset of the conversation. I mean, the, the thing about social selling now is it's just selling. It's amazing to me to watch the... Um, you know, to watch the evolution of what's considered social selling. When I was doing this stuff five, six years ago, using LinkedIn to meet people and uh, leveraging different social tools to uh, to reach out to folks and then also continue the conversation and the relationship, uh, it was kind of an anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't necessarily have some of the, the results yet uh, to back it up. Um, so I kept you know professing my vision for why this was important, um, but it didn't necessarily sink in until I started to nab some million plus dollar wins. And where it where it really made a difference, Colin, was uh, the ability to create relationships that wouldn't have existed otherwise. You know, sometimes as sellers and even as organizations, we get in our own way or we have a certain way of going about doing business. We don't challenge the norms. And there's a reason for that, right? It's comfortable. Um, but I sometimes it can be a comfortable way of mediocrity or a comfortable way of failing, unfortunately. So for me, social selling opened new doors, meeting C-level folks, people in the business, influencers and organizations, and gave me a position of strength um, because I had all the key relationships that mattered. You're not going to get every single one of the people that you reach out to um, to accept your response or you know to take a meeting with you. But what you can control is two things, the quality and the quantity of your outreach. And I will reach out to more people with a better message uh, than 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 anyone. Um, that's the goal, you know, it's, and I've evolved that message over time. Certainly, um, you know, I'm close to 40, 50% acceptance rate on LinkedIn as far as outreach. Um, but then also as far as the, the quantity, um, I'll reach out to hundreds of people in an organization to try to get meaningful relationships. And it's made all the difference in the world. Mm. All right. So now I think that I want to break this down a little bit, right? Because I think there's, there's, there's two sides of this. There's people who have, you know, tried the social selling or tried to use, you know, go in on all uh, on LinkedIn for building relationships and driving new conversations and haven't waited it out long enough to see results. And we're like, Hey, this stuff doesn't work. Right. So let's, let's dig into that first. Um, How long did it take for you to like, start to see some results? How committed were you and what did that look like? And what was the output? Yeah, it's a great question. And you're so right. Um, even I struggle sometimes with the consistent execution of the right process. I mean, sales is people and process. That's it. You got to surround yourself with the right people, have the right relationships, but also execute the right process. And that process evolves. Uh, different tools come into play. So for me, um, I knew very quickly that my my best goal, because I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. Um, I was not, uh, you know, a super technical wizard uh, coming into Microsoft seven years ago, but I knew my strength was creation of relationships. So I worked very diligently to create a community around what we were doing. And some of my efforts originally were more regional. um, And then that grew over time. But how do you create lists? How do you create, um, you know, an active roster of people that you're engaging regularly? And then what type of content are you giving them? So, you know, we would create these events and these webinars, uh, create newsletters and engage people, plus the ability to connect with somebody on LinkedIn. And so you had to believe in the philosophy first in order to. So let's let's break that down for a second. Right. So you're creating these events, these webinars, this content. I'm going to assume this is educational type stuff. Right. So when you're reaching out to folks, um, you're doing it in a 
way where you're adding some value and not just saying, Hey, you know, hop out a call. Hey, you know, I want to sell you something. That's it. You know, because the most common feedback you get from a lot of these customers is, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't hear from you unless you want to sell us something or, um, you know, I'm all stocked up. You know, you're a big check that we already write. So yeah. uh, for me, it was critical to add immediate value. You're already investing. So I need to make sure that uh, we're adding value around here, or maybe you're not investing. And the goal would be to come to the table with something that would be inherent value. I've, in, I've introduced people to competitors before because I value the relationship above all. And it comes yeah. back around, you know, these, these people that you invest time with, they may get promoted, they may go to other organizations, and then that relationship will continue. You've always got to be cognizant of the big picture. So I didn't have immediate success in it because I knew I was building something. You've got to build the foundation, just like a sales call. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get to the close unless you built the foundation and you know what you're doing. You understand what they're, where they're coming from, their priorities, pain points, projects, et cetera. But from this standpoint, when you're building a community around what you're doing, it's about building lists and then again, controlling the quality and quantity of that content. So um, it didn't, it wasn't immediate, but what was immediate, Colin, was, you know, some of these conversations that were happening, one of my most prominent wins in my last role uh, was directly derivative of social selling. I met, I reached out to 30 people in an organization. It was a small business and um, 11 accepted my LinkedIn response. One replied to my request for follow-up. He said, you need to talk to this guy. I did. And long story short, within three months, we moved their entire infrastructure into our platform. And that Mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened without social selling. But the other piece to this is it doesn't stop there. You've got to make sure that you're continuing to engage because again, we're sellers. We're going to have to sell more next year. So All right, so let's break that down. What does continuing to engage look like? What is that? What are the actions? What are you love doing? Yeah, I love that question. So um, again, that's where you're looking at, okay, what's the continued value? Um, my team and I created a survey um, the following year and it was really geared toward what conversations do you want to be having? These are the things that we're seeing in the industry, but what conversations do you want to be having? Do you want to be talking about um, you know, these types types of elements, what we're seeing in the industry, what we're seeing other organizations of your caliber and size do, um, you know, what's going to be the most beneficial? Because again, I've taken my role as a connector very seriously. I may not be, in fact, most of the time I'm fully cognizant that in most rooms, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. I need to bring in the smart people, (laughs) get them together to make magic happen. And then I just make sure it continues. So for me, it's been creating the quality content that can go out to these folks and continue to engage. It could be LinkedIn posts, social and engagement. Um, you know, if I see a people love stories, right, Colin? So if I'm seeing a story that's going to resonate with the people that I'm now connected with, I can engage them through newsletters, through LinkedIn, make sure that they're seeing that content. And then, you know, it's not always a me calling you to say, hey, I want to sell you something or, hey, I want to talk to you about this that gets them to the table. Sometimes it's they pop up on a webinar. And by honestly, year three of doing that job, I was closing deals with customers that didn't even talk to me years one and two, but they had popped on a webinar or they had gotten a newsletter. And then finally, we created a relationship and there you have it. All right. So there's one part that's super important to that, right? Because um, what is important there is you mentioned the survey, right? And so maybe you had that's a more formal way of doing it. Um, but basically listening to your prospects, listening to the people that you're having conversations with. So you can see what they're saying. And that gives you the information you need. Like, hey, what should I be posting? What should I be talking about? What can I shed some light on? What can I share my area of expertise around what problems they have or the things that they're telling me, right? And so that is what you post. That is what you create content around. That's what you create these guides or events or webinars all around the things that your prospects are telling you when you're having those conversations. 
So now what I want to know, we have a couple of people tuning in that have a few questions. So I do, I do want to address some of these. Uh, Spencer's here and he's saying, um, can you give some example of your cold outreach that you do on LinkedIn? So like yeah. when you're connecting with somebody, what does that look like? Love it. Um, and it's changed over the years. I mean, look, I've worked at small consultant firms and then I've obviously worked at very large organizations. You've got to figure out very quickly what is going to be at the pulse of this person. Now, we're privy to a lot of information about these clients, uh, whether you can find them on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, and obviously, yeah. full disclosure, I work for Microsoft. We own LinkedIn. So um, you know, I'm not making some personal endorsement here. But can, can we blame you for LinkedIn being being down yesterday? No, that bugged me yesterday, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know some hard some hard workers got it back up quickly. So right, uh, the um, the key for me has been making sure that I'm going in under the pretense of what's going to be of most value to them. So for instance, if it's an existing customer or if it's somebody that um, already invests with our organization, you know, I may reach out and say, hey, look. I exist to support your, you know, the relationship between our organizations. Um, I want to make sure you're, you're, uh, in, you know, you're privy to all the resources that you're entitled to, um, things of that stature. Don't go in under this pretense of I'm going to sell you more stuff. The same thing with too. If it's a completely cold outreach and it's somebody that you have zero relationship with, try to make some kind of common bond. Um, you know, yeah. check out the profiles, see if there's some kind of synergy. You know, did you go to the same school? Do you like the same type of stuff? Do they do something that's really prominent that you can? Say like, hey, I I noticed you because you gave this presentation last week or last month on X Y Z. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on X Y Z. I'd love to get some time just to see if uh, you know there there may be some synergies between us. Um, focus on again. It, it's about the personal connection first. People yeah. buy from people. People buy from people they like and trust uh, more often than not. So you're lo really looking to form a personal connection and see where you could add value as opposed to going in and just saying, hey, this is all the stuff my company does. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and if you're maybe a little bit more of an advanced seller, being able to tie in that, you know, that personalization or that, you know, relevance of, of, of what you found and, and tying that into what you do or talking about the things that they care. If you find them talking about the things that they care about, if you can tie in how you can, you know, add value in that area, that's a little bit more advanced, takes a little bit more work. But the bottom line is like, don't be lazy. It's not that hard to find something to reach out in a meaningful way. Um, it drives me nuts when people send these four paragraph messages with a calendar link, thinking that like, that's enough that thinking that that's going to like pique my interest enough to want to do business with that individual. And it, it's, it actually does the exact opposite. Like it ruins their rapport and, and, and trust and, and any chance of ever doing business together. Um, and, and don't make the message feel like work. Like it should be sweet, short, and straight to the point. Put yourself in the customer's shoes and realize what types of emails they're getting every day. I was reading a statistic the other day, and I'm going to misquote it, but I mean, it was literally that, you know, some of these senior executives get a thousand messages um, in a relatively short period of time. So what are you doing to make yourself stand, stand out from the other 999 messages that they're getting? That's the mentality you've got to take. Don't sound like everybody else who called and failed. Um, make sure you sound different and say something. To your point, Colin, it's really easy to find something about this customer that you can reach out on. Do a little bit of research. Um, but, you know, I've also found value in finding something that's relatively templatized as well. So find a unique approach and stick with it. Um, and I say that because 
you know, I may, it may carve out some time. You know, we talked earlier about this. How can you be successful in these? You've got to be consistent in your approach. You could go out and social sell for an hour or two on a, on a Monday and then never do yeah. it again. Not going to get any results, but you've got to do it over time. There's got to be a templatized element. And I've act- absolutely had afternoons where I've gone out and I've prospected to a hundred people in one sitting. And then I've gotten, you know, maybe three or four meetings that came out of that effort. But then I schedule time, intentional time to do it again, maybe the next week or the week after. So um, be very intentional about that and focus on the quality and quantity. Learn from what works and what doesn't work as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so there's a couple other things, right? So we're talking about outreach, right? But actually posting content, right? Valuable content, to the people that can do business with you, right? So that's, that's another component. And then um, my personal favorite, right? Is like, if you don't have sales navigator, you, I don't know are you, if you're living under a rock or what, but if you're in sales, you have to have navigator. And if you're not fortunate enough that your company pays for it, it's, a very good investment, even of your own money, if you want to, if you want to take your sales to the next level on social selling, which is absolutely mandatory. Where like you know, meeting in person is not as easy as it used to be, right? So, I mean, you can save these people on a list, and it makes it so easy to then engage in their content or when they're posting, right? Because if you have a large network, like you're never going to see all the people that you want to stay top of mind with. So, saving them in a sales nav list engaging, not just liking, not just saying, hey, cool post, like really bringing your thoughts into what they're saying where it stands out um, in a meaningful way compared to all the other people that are commenting on that. That's exactly it. No, it's... it's and that's why th- there's different schools of thought. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I use InMail and I use this or that. Personally, I like to be first degree connected with the people because then they are privy to what you're posting. And um, that's where, to your point, you can post that quality content. People love stories. So sharing meaningful stories. I talk to uh, vendors all the time, you know, different partners and things of that stature. And I always tell them, like, where are your stories? Do you have them uh, really illustrated and, and amplified on your website? What are you doing to amplify? those stories because that's what is going to ultimately one of the big factors of why people do business with people is because of the story are am i able to take your scenario and liken it to something and you know experience that we have or a story that i can tell of how we revolutionized somebody else's business um that goes a long way people are going to research you um yeah you know that's the thing they're going to look up your linkedin they're going to look up you look up your company before probably before they even take a meeting with you so be cognizant of that and control the controllables yeah, I mean, use all of the real estate on your LinkedIn profile to best serve the people you want to do business with. Like, whether that's showcasing a particular, uh, you know, podcast that you went on where you talk about the things that you do, whether that's showcasing an article that you wrote on LinkedIn or off LinkedIn, whether that's um, you know, a case study. Like, you have places to to highlight that content on your profile. Um, also, you know, making it easy for them to be able to reach out to you. Um, I, I want to go back to something you said. So, you 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 mentioned that you like to you prefer to send you know first degree you know messages, which which I totally agree with that. Some people still send in mail messages, and you know uh, the, I, why there's two inboxes. I don't know. Maybe you could shed some light on that, but. <laughs> I'm not going to beat you up too much. Uh, but but kind of, you know, what are the numbers? Like sending an in-mail versus a message, like, you know, just can you shed some light on like what to do, what not to do, what's worked for you? 
Yeah, no, it's given more time, I could bring back statistics, but I can tell you just from my personal experience, I've done both. Um, yeah. I, I've leveraged in mail to reach out and I've gotten limited response. Um, you know, you think about it, you're not connected with the person, you're not coming from a position of strength. And certainly, you know, when you reach out via in mail, often it's with, um, you know, with a targeted message, but I found that it's easy for uh, the recipient of those, in my case, to dismiss. Um, so I've not really gotten a ton of response. You know, it, it obviously shows up differently uh, for how they receive it. And I'm not saying there's no value to it because I have gotten responses to in-mail before. But I'm in my experience, I'm thinking about what's the best way to form a relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. so if I'm sending a, a first degree LinkedIn connection and I think primarily the reason that it shows up in two separate inboxes and I'm just speculating is because it's two separate products. Um, they're, you know, they can feed one another, but the, the impetus for me reaching out on LinkedIn is because I'm thinking of the big picture of forming a relationship with this person. I want to be connected with them. So the, even if they do not respond to take a meeting with me, that they will see the things that I post, the stories that I'm telling, and hopefully something resonates. You know, we've all seen marketing statistics that indicate sometimes clients need to see the name pop up five to eight times to en enhance their chances of, of talking to you. You want to be yeah. the guy that they're thinking of uh, or the person that they're thinking of. And I, I worked for a consultant firm years ago, and it was completely cold outreach. Nobody knew who I was, what I was doing, or the, you know, the name of the organization was not prominent. Mm -hmm. And I was told, find ways to stay top of mind. That's it. And so if you're on LinkedIn, you're posting, you're telling stories, uh, it's a great way to stay top of mind with a, you know, you post your three to five times a week, the name continues to pop up and eventually ideally it resonates and the planets align. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the key there is consistent, consistent, consistency with, with all of these things. And, and, and here's the reality. This is hard work. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes discipline. Like I personally have to schedule my LinkedIn activity time in my calendar or it doesn't get done. It's so easy to forget to do it or stop posting or stop connecting. You know, so I, I literally have an hour blocked out every day. I don't always do an hour, but I have that time and that space to at least get the time that I need to constantly be building new relationships. Um, and, you know, have, have you, I'm curious, this is a lot of, um, people have different opinions on, on this, this question. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Um, first invite, um, personalized message or no message at all? when connected. Yeah, uh, definitely message. Um, if you're sending an invite that it's got no message, you know, think about sales in the, in the way of probability. Um, everything you do has a probability attached. You know, if I send you a blank connection request, I mean, it, maybe it's got what 20, percent chance of being accepted. Um, but as I mentioned before, you know, the, the messaging that I've been sending out uh, now has close to 50% acceptance rate. And that the reason for that is because I look for a very specific reason why I'm reaching out and I tie it to something value that I believe I could bring the person sight unseen, I'm not trying to sell them anything. Um, just trying to, you know, add insight. Maybe it's, I can connect a relationship that might be meaningful for them, uh, whatever that is. And so absolutely, uh, include a message because it's going to enhance your probability of acceptance. Yeah. I've, I've heard that the percentages are, 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 are not huge, but I still, I still go with a message, but I try to yep. keep it short and sweet just because I'd rather be somebody who sent a message than somebody that didn't. Right. Because if they accept it, you know, what do they, they have nothing to reply to. 
or they have no idea why you're reaching out, which, you know, if you're just trying to connect with a bunch of people, maybe you save yourself a bunch of, you know, some time and you're not writing messages, but I'm trying to build relationships and have conversations with people. Um, and it only takes a little bit extra time to go ahead and send that message. I hadn't even gotten uh, the chance to reply to thank them for accepting my connection request and request a meeting before the president of an organization replied to the initial outreach message that I sent and said, yeah, let's get together. And I was in his office the next week and it was at a critical time because they were looking at some of my competition as well. And we won the business. Um, so it's, it's all about, you know, we talked earlier, the planets can align. Um, yeah. You can do a lot of things to control the controllables. And if you throw a message in there, what's the worst thing that happens, right? I mean, there, there's a higher probability that they'll accept and a higher probability that they will engage. Okay. And so are you using voice DMs or video or both? And, and, and what do those look like? And, and, you know, what sort of success are you seeing with that? And what are the reasons for it? I love that question. Um, so yes, I have used both. Um, I would say, honestly, I probably started using them a little bit more prominently in light of the pandemic um, when it first started. And, you know, I was working in the healthcare space. So, you know, obviously a lot of my clients had higher priorities than talking to me. Uh, you know, so I had to be really cognizant of that. Um, so I used those mechanisms to reach out to folks and just leave a personal message. Like, hey, I look, I know, um, you know, the stress and strain that your organization and you you are under. Um, thank you for everything that you're doing for the community. Um, if there is absolutely anything that, you know, that I or my team can add value for, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, leveraging it is more of a relationship builder because again, it's something that's unique. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time, Colin, today talking about some of the reasons that we as, as sellers can fail, uh, lack of execution, lack of consistency. But one of it, you know, everybody's out there prospecting. And so if you sound and look like everybody else and your message sounds and looks like everybody else and everybody's sending those four paragraph litanies of everything that their oh. company can do, you're going to be, you're going to be blocked. You're going to be muted. So find the ways to stand out and video and um, voice. There was a while for a while there where I had uh, like, for a week or two where I had a hundred percent success rate on leaving voice. Like everybody replied and was at the very least like, thanks, even just a message. And I never get that kind of you know response rate when I'm sending LinkedIn messages. And I had like a hundred percent for like a week. So I don't have any hard stats, but these yeah. are things that elevate your brand and make you stand out. And people remember it. I had a seller that I worked with a few years back and um, I had a really good relationship with a client and this seller was reaching out to, and we, we worked together. So it was, it was on the level, but he reached out to this uh, CIO that I worked with regularly and he leveraged video and this CIO called me and he was like, who is this kid? And I'm like, Oh, it, this is uh, you know, this, I, I know him. This is what he's doing. This and that. He's like, I love it. I love the video. I, I think it's fantastic. He's like, it just, I, I can't do business with him right now, but I'm going to definitely keep him in my mind. Those types of things leave an impression. So anything you can do yeah. outside of what is the norm, it's going to it's gonna resonate and it's going to lead. So don't be afraid to step outside of the mold. I always ask sellers, are, do you love everything about your results right now? Are you 100% satisfied? Because if you're not, why are you unwilling to gamble results that you're unsatisfied with? Do something a little bit uncomfortable to learn and flex some new muscle and get better results. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I'm I, I love trying new things, reaching out in different ways, trying to stand out. Um, and video is an easy way to do that. Like, 
I don't know why more people aren't using video, but you know, I guess some people just don't like getting on camera or they just don't know what to say, whatever the case is. Like your prospect doesn't care about any of that. Like it doesn't need to be a well polished, you know, video professionally edited, like literally just a quick video on whatever tool you use or on your phone. It's just a way to stand out in the inbox in, in a way that, you know, fortunately, uh, a lot of people aren't using. It's exactly right. Um, you know, and I think I spend a lot of time training and coaching on prospecting and uh, training others. And that is what I find is that we are often surrounded by so many amazing tools. We're just not using them and we're not using them consistently or looking to continue to improve the process and the way that we use them. Look, this social selling isn't going anywhere. I mean, even in the future of sales, um, you're going to see a lot of hybrid work because I think a lot of organizations are going to be looking to say, do I need this in-person meeting? Do I need to expense somebody to fly halfway across the country to meet with a client or halfway across the world when they can sit in their basement and they're in their, uh, in their gym shorts on this conference call. And, you know, so we're going to have to get better at these virtual skills. There is nothing better to open the door with some of these folks that you don't know than having some of these tools like a LinkedIn where you can get that connection. Now, what you do with it from there is completely up to you because you have to make the the meetings meaningful and you've got to continue to nurture the relationship, which doesn't all happen on social. But it it, it is the best way that I've ever found to create relationships that I didn't already have. Yeah, and this is coming from Carson in his basement in his gym shorts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So now we talked a lot about LinkedIn. Is there any other social platforms that you use? And if so, why and how? Yeah, there have been. Um, that's a good question. So um, as part of you know our suite of services, so we actually have uh, LinkedIn Elevate. And so it's um, it connects up my uh, Twitter, my Facebook, you know, I've, I've blogged um, anything, you know, here's the thing, like I'll subscribe to the business journals because I need to be kind of, um, I need to be privy to what's transpiring in the region or at any specific industry vertical. Um, I will also do uh, email alerts that I think are, are, are telling for whatever industry I'm in at the time or whatever I'm, I might be selling. Um, there is no silver bullet. So LinkedIn isn't the silver bullet in and of itself, but you know, I manage a, a client list. Um, I have, and I've, I've used different tools over the years. I'd be hard pressed to name all of them, but uh, find a way, whatever way you're most comfortable with to build a list and really build a community around what you're doing and then start to make sure that you are providing quality content. And again, you know, I look for people that are colleagues, people that are partners, uh, where can I join forces with others in a collaborative spirit and put forth messaging? I know what I can do. You know, I can be the marketing arm for it. Um, I can put on the show, but I'm not the presenter. I want to bring in the smart people. So think about who else can you get in the boat with you? So the tools are not as relevant as what you do with those tools. Make sure you're using them consistently and making sure you're bringing the right people in it from a collaborative perspective uh, to go forth and conquer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Carson, it's been uh, fantastic talking about some of my favorite topics here. So I appreciate you coming on, uh, sharing your experience and everything for all the sales hustlers listening. Uh, Before I let you go, any closing thoughts, anything you want to let people know? And for our podcast listeners, anything that we're going to include links as far as in the show notes for them. Yeah. No, I hey, look, it was a blast, Colin. Um, you know, I think it's it worth it's worth pointing out. 
uh, that you and I connected on LinkedIn. And yeah. uh, it was actually a post that was made calling out the, um, you know, the, the, the <clears throat> prestige and esteem of sales hustle. That was the impetus for us starting to talk. So, um, you know, I can tell you that, you know, LinkedIn is a great tool to, uh, to make meetings happen, but at the end of it, you're the one who adds all the magic. Um, I'd love to connect uh, with other sellers. Um, I, you know, that's been really the thing that gets me going, gets me jazzed is connecting with people. And we're all part of uh, this uh, sales community. So um, find me on LinkedIn. Would love to connect. Would love to chat. Um, and, uh, you know, just continue to learn. Um, that's been the most rewarding thing about selling. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my books on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And uh, would love to continue the conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Carson. We will include your LinkedIn profile in the show notes for all our podcast listeners. And uh, thanks so much. If you're listening to the podcast and you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.